will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, Restoration Hour on Eurofolk Radio. Today is October 12, 2019, and we just got done with Feast of Tabernacles last weekend, and I'll give a, a fairly detailed update about that on tomorrow's Bloodlines. But we're rescheduled, we're revamping the entire site, <clears throat> putting new shows in. We're going to have a lot more Christian identity archive, archival work from Bertrand Compare. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find some Arnold Kennedy work, uh, Dr. Wesley Swift, whatever we can find that's uh, a two seed line identity. And nine seed line as well, uh, Pastor Sheldon Emery and others who have done yeoman's work in uh, explaining that we, the Caucasian people, are the Israelites of the Bible. The uh, non-seed line of pastors and teachers have also uh, expounded on that, uh, the entire realm of British Israel scholarship has proven that uh, we Caucasians are the 12 tribes of Israel. Of course, the only difference between Christian Israel, I'm sorry, British Israel, and American Israel, which we can call also Christian Israel and Christian identity, is uh, that we don't believe the Jews uh, make up any of the tribes, uh, least of all the tribe of Judah. So that's the major difference. <clears throat> now today, I'm going to be talking about the Sethites in India and Kashmir uh, as the representatives of the white race in the Eastern world, the Eastern world. And we're talking about the uh, probably the Tarim Basin, the, the Tatars and the Uyghurs of uh, Mongolia. These are white tribes. They still have white representatives of those tribes even today in Mongolia. And the Sethites who existed before Noah's flood and many of whom survived Noah's flood. So that the, the episode in Genesis 6 where Noah's flood where only those people in the vicinity of Noah were the ones who were affected by the flood. It's really obvious from the Epic of Gilgamesh and other historical stories and legends from all around the world that uh, multitudes of people in every in every continent, every geographical area survived the flood, Noah's flood, because it was not global, but it was especially intense in the area where Noah lived and, of course, where the uh, 
where the arc set down. Okay, so for a period of five months, the arc floated around, and uh, uh, Noah never picked up any uh, kangaroos from Australia, or uh, uh, or American uh, style uh, buffalo, etc., uh, etc. Et that, that was not on the arc, and we don't find the, those animals in the vicinity of where Noah uh, Noah's ark landed. You know, if that, you know. If all those different kinds of animals were on board the ark, why don't we see any evidence of that? Why did not any of those species stay there? And uh, why weren't they cultivated by Noah and his family? Well, the reason is because they were never there. They were never got on the ark. And that's nothing but Judeo-Christian mythology. Yeah, and uh, so the, the, the whites, the Sethites, they were already in India. They were already in Iran and Kashmir and the Himalayas, etc. And the Tigris and Euphrates. So they were already there. And uh, the flood did not wipe them out. They just went to higher ground. Yeah, we're having a different kind of flood today, <laughs> right, Mr. Smith? Yeah, uh, the, our white nations are being flooded by aliens, absolute aliens. So one of the uh, articles I picked for today is entitled Vedic Religion Effaced Adam from His Own Place of Origin. Now I have to say right off the top here that current scholarship of linguistics, uh, migrations, etc., uh, etc., et have been downplaying and even trying to erase the Aryan invasion of India and the Aryan migration from India. They're trying to erase this and pretend that it never happened. And this is just part of the destruction of white culture, the genocide of white culture that is happening today. And this is an article by Partha Palodi, who is a, an Indian scholar sympathetic to the Aryan migration thesis. And uh, in contradistinction to the general trend now to deny it or, or ridicule it, or simply say that the, uh, the, the migration came from the north, not from India to Europe, of course. Well, if you've been listening to any of our shows here at Your Folk Radio, you know that our position is, and Pastor Steve and I have done several shows, actually probably dozens of shows, on the spreading out of the Aryan tribes the Hebrew, Aryan, Aramaic tribes from uh, the, from Noah's flood to the north, east, west, and south. And we have uh, traced the Hungarians to Nimrod, that they were, they were white people. The Uyghurs were white people who settled in M Mongolia, and etc., etc. All the mummies and all the skeletons and uh, the, the coinage, etc., proves that these people were white. Now, they're not white anymore. Those areas have been filled with Arabs and Dravidians and who knows what else, okay? So that the racial uh, characteristics of the Tigris-Euphrates area 
is no longer what it used to be. Okay, it has changed dramatically as as essentially the white Hebrew Israelites escaped to the north through the Caucasus Mountains and to the west via ships and overland through a Danube River and uh, probably across the North, uh, North African coast and, uh, you know, across Italy, France, Spain, etc. These are the Israelite migrations that have been documented extensively by British Israel researchers and Christian identity researchers. So this, to us, in identity, this is common knowledge. But before Noah's flood, there's all kinds of speculation as to what races existed, because a lot of people assume that uh, all the other people around Noah's uh, uh, building site, where he was building the ark, uh, was all the only only people on the earth? No, that's not true. It's absolutely not true. There were Aryans, that is Sethites, around the entire area from, uh, let's say, the Terran Basin to the Himalaya, Himalayas, uh, Tibet, Iran, India, etc., etc., and of course. Uh, throughout the Middle East, you know, in the the uh, uh, Tigris Euphrates area. Now that area went uh, under uh, underwent a tremendous transformation after Noah's flood, but the rivers specified in Genesis, I believe it's uh, three, Gen- Genesis, <coughs> excuse me, Genesis three, maybe four. Uh, those four rivers. You know, the Tigris and Euphrates are two of them, but the other two uh, had dried up. But nevertheless, from satellite imagery, you can see that the there are two other rivers that used to be there before the area dried up. And this took probably several hundred years after Noah's flood for that area to dry up and for those rivers to disappear. But let's uh, continue here. I'm just setting a stage for what happened before Noah's flood, how the white race populated the, uh, you know, the the Middle East and the Indo-Aryan topography to the east of Mesopotamia, okay? And this is Dr. P.R. Palodi. We come to know from Islamic tradition that humanity's first prophet, Adam, descended in India. Now, it's uh, my descendant. I don't know what he means by descendant. (laughs) Did he send from from Yahweh? Uh, Or did he send from a higher altitude? (laughs) Maybe that's not the correct word, descended. But maybe he meant settled, settled in India. And that is a tremendous possibility. Because after Cain was evicted and went east to the land of wandering, Adam and Eve also migrated somewhere. They didn't stay, they, they didn't follow their uh, their descendants, uh, Seth and uh, Enoch and Methuselah, etc. They didn't follow them. 
uh, or stay with them. They migrated east. Now, I think one of the reasons why they migrated east is because there was a huge population of Sethites there and possibly even pre-Adamic Cro-Magnons who uh, were, survived Atlantis. Because that that's, takes us to Genesis 1, 1, 1, and 1, 2, the great convulsion that the recreation in Genesis chapter 1 is all about, okay? But uh, he says, after saying that from Islamic tradition, Prophet Adam is mentioned as being in India, but there is no mention of Adam in the Vedas. Now, the Vedas are Aryan literature, folks. The Vedas are not Hindu literature. The Vedas, Vedas are very much Aryan. There is an allusion in the tradition of Holy Prophet Muhammad, which says in Arabic, Kala Ebetu Adama Bedana Ardil Hind. It means, Adam came to a place in India which was called Dana. Even today, there is a town in North Sri Lanka called Jaffna, which could be an altered form of Arabic name Dana. Since unknown antiquity, the name of a mountainous terrain in Sri Lanka has been remaining as Adam's Peak. Okay, we have to pardon the gentleman's English uh, because uh, he's obviously Indian and he's trying to write slash speak in English. Hazrat Ali is reported to have said that Adam appeared on a mountain in India, Kamil ibn Asir. And you can see in the word Asir, Assyria, Aser, common words in Sanskrit and Hebrew. In Hujajul Karama, an authentic Islamic source, we find mention that Adam came to India from his paradise just as I have uh, a few minutes ago suggested. A Hadith narrated that after leaving Eden, Adam descended in India, whereas Eve descended in Jeddah, or landed. I think he means to say landed or uh, you know, settled. They searched for each other and finally found each other at the plain of Arafat near Mecca, which means recognition. It is stated in Guldasta e Kashmir, Adam and Eve afterwards settled down in Kashmir. Religious significance of Bharat is evident from its very name itself. The, the word Ba means light, and Rata means being immersed. Well, we would hope they were immersed in the light <laughs> after that horrible experience of the fall. Or maybe this is a reference to before they fell. This is the land where it has shown first the light of divine revelation for mankind. Similarly, the Mount of Hera, where the Holy Quran was revealed. So I guess this guy, Palodi, is a, is a Muslim. Was given the name of Jabel Nur, or the Mount of Light. It has been strongly suggested by several scholars, especially from Islamic tradition, that humanity's religion is rooted in India. Sir Walter Raleigh, History of the World in the 18th century, had stressed that the paradise of the Bible was in India 
and it was the first first planted and peopled country after the flood. Okay, well, at least in the in the east, Middle East and uh, Far East, and we're talking about uh, Nepal, you know, India, and even so far as China and Mongolia, because the Adamites were already there before the flood. And so they didn't have to go back and settle. They, they were already there. They just all went to higher ground to, to avoid the flooding. Uh, let's continue. Hence, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, Vedic tradition, oh, let me back up one more here, Sir Walter Raleigh. Okay, although earliest of the Sanskrit authors had access to the precious religious imports from the prophetic tradition of East, eastbound Abraham's descendants and Zoroastrians in India. Now, it's interesting he says eastbound Abraham's descendants, because as we have been telling you, the descendants of Keturah were sent east by Abraham. They went across the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, and some of them settled you know, uh, in India and Iran and places like that, east of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. So when they were sent in that direction, they would have met up with the Sethites and other Adamites who were already there, or even pre-Adamites but still Aryan, white white Aryan pre-Adamites. Okay, so yet proper accounts of humanity's first prophet Adam did not find reasons to flourish till today in Hinduism. Okay, now, now that's interesting. Why would the history of Adam be ignored by the Hindus? Okay, uh, it's probably because the... Hinduism is a polyglot religion, a collection of ideas borrowed, or I should say appropriated, uh, by the the Hindu swamis (laughs) from other religions. Okay, from, yes. Okay, Uh, okay, people are saying that uh, the sound is breaking up. Let me check my uh, test, test, test. Uh, don't know why that would be. Uh, I'll raise my mic. Maybe I'm speaking into uh, yeah, Hindu nothing, Hindu muffins, <laughs> right? Okay. Hopefully, uh, I'm checking my sound levels on the broadcaster. I'm definitely I'm not tickling the red, so it shouldn't be breaking up. Okay. In any case, I'll just continue to. Uh, uh, talk about this subject here. Hopefully it's uh, coming through clear in the recording. So we see here that Vedic tradition was basically the follower of pre and the fact that Lucifer was given rulership of planet Earth in a bygone era before and for the very uh, long-lived rulers that li- lived like a hundred thousand years. Sumerian records is uh, what we get from them in mainstream scholarship. But let's continue. So, a human race of gods called devas 
Hence, they never could accept human prophet Asia Vedic Yama Yami, twin son and daughter of Vivash, a connection to Adam and Eve. Okay. So, excuse me. But as we read on, I think we're going to find out otherwise. From Lecture on the Science of Language, second series, page 521. Proto-Indo-Europeans believed that behind the origin of mankind of their version, the progenitors were both man, Indic Manu, German Manus, and God called Twine. That's what I'm not familiar with. T-W-I-N-E with a capital T. I did put the link to this article in the chat room if uh, you want to follow along. Mallory noticed that the Proto-Aryan Yem Twine underlines the name of a god common to the Indo-Aryans, Indic Yama, Avestan Yima, Norse Ymir, German Twisto, Vedic Tvashtar, and these, these are the priests, the sons of Keturah, that Abraham sent east so they would not interfere with Isaac's inheritance. They went as far as India and possibly even further. Brahminical writings suggest that Rig Vedic people were primarily descendants of Manu and gods like Tvashtar, Vivasvant, and Yima. Okay, so these are apparently the uh, fallen angels or the uh, the beings that were in the far, far east. Okay. Uh, the the type is getting fuzzy here. I think I have to I have to renew. Let me go as far as I can before I have to. I just, which I might have to refer to because the text is getting fuzzy. Sorry. And I'll read as much as I can. And hopefully we'll get into. Okay, this is uh, this is bad. But let me scroll down as far as I can. Okay, so we're dealing with twine. So this is uh, really strange stuff. Twine. All right, I'd have my print copy in front of me just in case I have to switch to it. All right. So angels. Uh, and or the the rulers of Atlantis, who did not fall from the skies, they were already here. They're the, the high level of civilization before Genesis 1. Let's continue. Prophetic knowledge came to India via eastbound descendants of Abraham. Thank you very much. What have we been telling you, folks? You're only going to hear this on Eurofolk Radio, that Abraham's sons by Keturah went to India and became known as the Brahmins. But we have also told you that there were Aryans there already, and they just, the Keturahites, just mingled in with them and probably had their own civilization and or those two civilizations merged together because they were Aryans, and the the language may not have been all that different. Because well, how much can the language change from before the flood to after the flood? 
it really wasn't a long time. And uh, it just, uh, the, the water dissipated within five months. And things began to get back to normal on planet Earth after that. So let's continue. After cultural fertilization between different sects, Brahminical authors could lay the deva-centric mythological foundation in Hinduism by amalgamating prophetic imports with paganism of Brahminical Vedism. Okay, so in other words, he's saying that uh, Vedic religion and Abrahamic religion kind of blended together. They amalgamated. Okay, and so this resulted in Brahminical Vedism. But uh, my understanding is that the Vedas preceded the Abrahamic invasion. Let's continue. Hence, we find a parallel of Adam as Adi Deva begins to emerge in later age writings of the Puranas. This Adi Deva is also known as Naro Narayan Rishi. Okay, now and Nar, Nar Narayan, you're beginning to get the. Uh, a root word of Aryan here, Narayan, Rishi, after creating him Narayan, God has made declaration, quote, Abhatarang Karasami Tatrama Markao Priyo. This is from the Ananda Sangita. This means everyone should bow down to this avatar. Well, uh, isn't that what Yahweh had intended for Adam? that he would take the place of the fallen ones and everybody else should bow to him? Well, everybody's going to bow to the second Adam, that's for sure. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. It's not letting me continue. It says, to read more, you have to uh, sign up for Scribd. Scribd. Okay. It's a good thing I have the print version here. Okay, let's continue with this. This means everyone should bow down to this avatar. That avatar being Adam. In the Quran as well, we find that God, after creating Adam, commanded everyone, bow down to Adam. Puranic Adidev has been tested through Kama or Kamdev, Vishnu Bhagavat, Likewise, Adam has been tested through Satan in the Bible and Quran. Okay, so in all three traditions, Adam was tested, tempted, and failed. Asko, Asko Parpola, noted that this reborn sex god, Kama, has parallelism with Varuna. Both Kama and Varuna are represented in pictorial script as riding the fish hence called Minurti in Tamil. We find fish also is the emblem of cunning Mesopotamian god Enki, who claimed himself as god of creation, Nudimud. Nudimud. Likewise, Varuna also claimed, I, Varuna, am the sovereign. To me were given the first existing high celestial powers. Very interesting. Okay, so uh, Dr. Wesley Swift has done a lot of study on this, and he concluded that there was indeed a previous age prior to Adam of the fallen ones, and we know that fallen the, the, the chief of these fallen ones as Lucifer. And that Lucifer 
may not have quite fallen, although this may be even before the fall of Lucifer, where there was a high civilization on planet Earth, but that civilization failed. Now, it may have failed because Lucifer came down to corrupt it all, as we're seeing the Jews corrupting our civilization today. Okay, but he, Varuna, claimed to be the number one, uh, number one. God has revealed in Quran, be not like the companion of the fish. Oh, no. Well, this precedes Christianity, I believe. The adoration or veneration of the fish emblem is clearly and emphatically forbidden in Deuteronomy 4, verses 15 through 19. Now, that's interesting. Deuteronomy, let me go there because uh, this is, uh, all this stuff is new to me. I, I read this article many years ago, and uh, I, I, I forgot the, the various points that they make here. So let me go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 4, let's see, verses 15 through 19. And uh, I don't recall this uh, commandment to not worship fish gods, okay? Uh, Under the heading of idolatry forbidden in Esword, Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that Yahweh spoke unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, a similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun, the moon, and the stars, even all the host of heaven, shouldst be driven to worship them and serve them, which Yahweh thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. Okay, what I'm beginning to sense here is that possibly the Aryan inhabitants of planet Earth, including the Israelites, were hearkening back to a previous age and they're they're not worshiping imaginary gods. Instead, what they're trying they're trying to hearken back to their old religion, ancestor worship, Anse- the, the ancestors of the great white gods of the you know pre pre Genesis one scenario. Okay, yes, the caste system in India was definitely set up by Adamites to prevent race mixing for as long as possible. Same for apartheid in South Africa. Thank you, spoiler. That's absolutely right. There's no... <laughs> and no, no zombies allowed, okay? I did a show about zombies last night on Yahweh's Covenant people. All right, so, uh, yeah, uh, nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun, folks. All of this has happened before. Okay, so let's continue. And uh, I have to put a marker here, lest I lose my place. So 
so here it is in in Esword worshiping a fish. Now it could be that this fish is a reference to high tech uh, undersea travel, submarines, uh, airplanes, the Vimana aircraft of uh, ancient India. There are all kinds of legends of uh, the previous, the civilization previous to Genesis 1-1 had levitation. And uh, you're probably aware of the planetary grid system linking up the, uh, the world's pyramids. So that uh, the, these were highly advanced civilizations. And it may have been one global civilization called Atlantis. Now, there's no doubt that this Atlantean civilization ruled the world in a previous age. How it ended is up for speculation. My feeling is that the, these fallen ones, those who from heaven, heaven to earth fell, the Anunnaki, the Anunnaki, of which Nakash was one, ruined everything. They corrupted everything. So these would be your proto-Jews who ruined the world in a previous era. And then were not completely destroyed, but still, or maybe they had another descent from heaven, you know, whatever realm of heaven they came from, and are trying to do it again. This is why, as the author says here, they sought to corrupt Adam. And this is by what? Sex rituals, sex worship, sex gods and sex goddesses. Well, isn't that what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden? Okay. Right. So we find the fish and uh, other familiar, uh, who's the fish god? The Greeks worshipped the fish god too. Uh, Oh, the name escapes me. Uh, The guy with the (laughs) three-pronged, the three-pronged fork. So, yeah, this is... uh, this is a, a, a history repeating itself yet again. Neptune, that's the word I was looking for, Neptune. Okay, so pagan authorities of Hinduism abhor God's revelation, which is understandable. Hinduism is a pagan religion. They worship every god under the sun, over the sun, around the sun, and, uh, and all kinds of fictitious stuff. But it's idolatry. But I really think the hit that I just got, that the the people of planet Earth were hankering for their old ancestor worship, for the kind of world that existed before this great catastrophe that preceded Genesis 1, 1, and 1, 2. So, pagan authorities of Hinduism abhor God's revelation, that is the Bible. Thus, Adam's identity has been buried under Adi Deva myth. Okay, Neptune Poseidon. Thank you, spoiler. Well, this is very interesting. So apparently what he's saying is that the story of Adam has been obscured and buried by recent scholars and maybe for a long, long time. By Hinduism, because they don't want the Aryan 
the Aryan substance of ancient civilization to be revealed. Okay, because why? They want a multicultural <laughs> revelation. That's what they want. All right, while Vedic gods like Varuna and Kama continued flourishing. Okay, so in other words, they wrote Adam out of their history books. In Hindu mythology, this Kama was burnt to ashes by Shiva, but was reborn as Krishna's son, Pradyaruna. Can't make out the spelling here. Pradyumna, if that's correct. Makara, another mount of Aruna, in addition to fish, was also the ensign of Pradyumna. The shrine at Besnagar dedicated to Pradyumna was marked by a Makara Dvaja as early as the 2nd century BC. Adam's identity comes out from obscurantism of Adi Deva myths when we judge Puranic mythologies in the light of revealed scriptures. The revealed truths of Adam in the Bible and Quran have striking similarity with some Puranic accounts of Adi Deva. The name of Adam's wife in the Bible is Eve. In Hebrew, Hava. In Islamic tradition, Hawa. And in Indian tradition, we find the wife of Adidev as Hawavati. Just a coincidence, right? Hawavati. Bhavishya Puran. And that original woman is also called Urvashi because she has been created out of Uru, or the thigh, in this case, instead of the rib, of Adidev. Likewise, in the Bible, Eve has been created out of the rib of Adam's body. There are parts of Hindu scripture which probably are not imports of the distant past, but written at a time when the Bible and Quran have already been familiar to the Hindus. Thus, in Bahavishya Purana, the 28th verse, 4th chapter, Prasisarga Parvam narrates the Adam's episode similar to the book of Genesis and this is in Sanskrit, so I'm not going to try to read that. Adaman, this I hope is the translation. Adaman, or Adam Man, and his wife, Hawavati, very similar to the Hebrew, are born with all the virtues, complete control of the senses, and the spiritual forbearance of mind. God creates a captivating paradise and gifts it to Adaman to live happily. Adaman reaches beneath the tree of sin in the garden, eats its forbidden fruit, tempted by Kali, disguised as a snake. Now, why did they write this out of Hindu history? Why would they write this out? Well, it's because Hinduism is the worship of Nakash. And they don't want to reveal too much. Tempted by Kali disguised as a snake. As a result, his carnal desires come alive, which culminates in his involving in sexual intercourse with Havavathi. In his book, Divine Harmony, Christ in the Holy Books of the East, 
Arvind Daksha Menon introduces Bahavashaya Pirata the following words. The son of Adaman and Havathi is Shwethanama Seth. How about that? His son is Anuchan, Enoch. Then the lineage goes like this. Kinashan, Kenan, Mahalalan, Mahalalel, Viradan, Jared, Hanukan, another Enoch, Manokhilan, Methuselah, Lomakan, Lamech, and Nehwan, Noah. Not only that, the lineage beginning with Noah to Abraham also found alike. The sons of Nehwan are Shem, Siman in Sanskrit, Haman, Ham, Yakutan, Japheth. Sons of Japheth are Yumran, Gomer, Majujan, Magog, Maadi, Madai, Teraasan, Tiras. The son of Siman, Shem, is Arkansadan, Arfaxad. His son, Simahalan, Shila. Then Everthan, Eber, Falajan, Peleg, Reu, and that does not change, it stays Reu, Jujan, Servig, Nahuran, Nahor, Taharan, Tera, for Taharan, the sons of Aviraman, Abraham, Nahuran, Nahor, and Haranan. So we see in the Vedic literature the exact parallel of Hebrew literature, but this has been buried, this has been hidden from the world. Why would this be? Well, I'd say in general, I mean, even in the West, there is an anti-biblical tendency among scholars, among academics. Next heading here. India, a sanctuary of Adam and early prophets. Hadith of Abu Hura'i in Kitabul Ambiya of Bukhari Sharif informed us that, quote, Allah created Adam on his face of height 60 feet. <laughs> Therefore, everyone who entered paradise will be on the face of Adam, and the creations have been losing height until now. <laughs> okay, We are not, we're yet to grasp the meaning of this revealed truth for several reasons. Modern science has not yet determined the exact point of human origin. We only find that human height is gradually decreasing, but even the earliest homo bones are not that extraordinary in size. If the bone of Adam's early descendants was more porous, they would turn into dust faster. Keeping aside all such conjectures, let us focus our attention to other reports. Adam's footprint. In Sri Lanka's Kohe Sharandiv, there is a huge footprint, five feet, seven inches, which Muslims and Christians believed as Adam's, or the, that of a giant. But Buddhists claim it is Buddhists, and Hindus claim it is Shiva's. Okay. <laughs> I, I smell a war coming between the three religions. Adam's Peak, also known as Adam's Mount, Sinhalese, Butterfly Mountain, is a 2,243-meter, that's 7,350-foot-tall, conical mountain located in central Sri Lanka. It is well known for the Sri Pada, sacred footprint. 
a 1.8 meter rock formation near the summit. This provided an opportunity to present polytheistic Indian traditions in setting up their respective idolatry by claiming it as Buddha's footprint by the Buddhists and Shiva's by the rival Hindus. And this article contains a, an image here of the footprint. Traces of holy tombs, excessively large in India and Pakistan. If we probe into the mysterious archaic holy tombs and sanctuaries in India, the largeness of the tombs is very intriguing. Well, there were giants in those days, were there not? Yeah, that's a Bigfoot. <laughs> that's a real Bigfoot. Often there, uh, okay, often there are extraordinarily large tombs which are now being taken care of, obviously, by the last custodians of revealed religion, i.e. Muslims. A. N. Cunningham reported in 1862 that between the Mani and the Kabir mountains of Ayoda, there is a Muslim holy place where lie two huge-sized tombs, 64 and 47 feet long east-westwards, are said to be the tombs of companion Ibn Abbas, informed that Adam's Tandur cooking furnace was situated in India. Now, probably, as many of these myths and legends go, uh, very often the original people are confused with later people, so this may have been something of uh, you know, a fallen one, a fallen angel that uh, was made perhaps this tall and that fallen one is being confused with Adam. I think that's what's going on here. After several years of research, M.J. Kokra holds that Noah and his son Ham's descendants have settled in Gujarat and a 240-foot tomb uh, in Barila Sharif belongs to them. Now, it's possible that, uh, you know, the uh, there were still giants left after the flood. And they were in Palestine. There were still giants after the flood. And the Rojnama Munsif, they are, there are many more such legendary examples. Okay, so I think this concludes. Yeah, there's a bunch of references uh, one is called Mallory J.P. in search of Indo-Europeans and Asko Parpola deciphering the Indus script. So, but the point of all of this discussion, folks, is to suggest that the Adam and Eve, number one, Adam and Eve may have settled in Kashmir that Adam and Eve were known to the uh, Vedic peoples, and they were pre-Adamic whites and also Sethites, who had probably mingled together before Noah's flood. And then they, they, I'm sure they survived the flood by seeking higher ground, and uh, th those civilizations were probably forced to merge together by this flood. And those are what we call the Aryans of India. And then later on, after Abraham sent the sons of Keturah east, those Abrahamites, those Keturahites, merged with the Aryans that were already there. And yes, this was a high level of civilization compared to the rest of India. Okay. So, 
a lot of big big feet people running around the ancient world okay so all right so let's uh okay some commentary here and i'll put the this link into the chat room and this is called esoteric history aryans adamites sethites because there's not very much known about the Sethites in the Eastern world. But there's no doubt that they were there. And that we, uh, you know, secular historians don't give a damn about this stuff. And actually neither do the Judeo-Christians. <laughs> but we want to trace our ancestry into the ancient world before Noah. Because the Bible talks about these people. And therefore, we shouldn't be, uh, you know, we shouldn't be remiss in uh, seeking this information out. Excuse me. So, esoteric history. Arians, Adamites, Sethites. Let's see, is there an author here? Okay, Monday, April 29, 2013. Okay, so uh, this comes from sunsaints.blogspot.com sunsaints okay sun saints it appears that the Aryans were actually Adamites who were Caucasian in appearance that's correct these Aryans lived in western China Tarim Basin and in other uh, areas uh, east you know east of uh, the Tigris and Euphrates River as well you see, Adam and Eve were driven from the garden to the east, the Tarim Basin or Xinjiang. They built magnificent cities and overall were a sophisticated people. Now, this may be what's called the Tartar, Tartar civilization, which the, the more they investigate Tartar civilization, the more they find that it was highly advanced and had a lot of architecture, which no one suspected. So new, new uh, archaeology is uh, discovering these things. And there's all kinds of videos about the highly advanced Tartar civilization uh, on YouTube and stuff. It was these Aryans that gifted a higher level of civilization to the Chinese. It was also these Aryans, whites, who established a proto-Hinduism in northern India, the Rama Empire. Now, Hinduism... It even, shouldn't even be mentioned here because Hinduism is a very late comer, only dates to 300 BC, and is a religion that borrows doctrines and gods and goddesses from other religions. Uh, there's nothing original in Hinduism, it's all borrowed. So uh, Hinduism cannot be considered an original religion by any shape. Okay, so. Uh, and they continue, the Rama Empire. Cain may have a bit later added his own twist to Hinduism with the Hindu trinity, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. According to this very plausible theory, Noah's flood would have occurred around 3800 BC. Couldn't it have occurred earlier, or I say around 5500 BC? Well, actually, most historians place it around 20, 2400 BC. So uh, we'll see. 
You see, I'm trying to reconcile the flood that created the Black Sea further west with this flood that took place in the Terran Basin. Well, those might have been two different ones because uh, we know that there was a, a flood, a global tidal wave uh, with the sinking of Atlantis that uh, went around the world and uh, inundated the coasts of every single continent. And that would have destroyed, and since most civilizations uh, build along the sea coasts, you can see that would have wiped out a lot of civilization in those days. Now, before this regional flood of the Terran Basin, Noah's Flood, it had to be these white Adamites Aryans who are the players in the great Aryan epics, such as the Mahabharata. Thank you very much. Because they are Aryan epics. They are not Hinduism. They are not Dravidian, i.e., you know, Negroid, or anything else, or Oriental. These are Aryan epics. It may very well be that the story is about a family feud between the house of Seth and the house of Cain. Very interesting. Interesting speculation. Or a conflict between two families within the Sethite line. But actually, the former would be more likely, I think. Thus, the Bhagavad Gita is a spiritual treatise that was the work of the Aryans. It is my opinion that the happenings in Genesis 6 are elaborated upon in the Mahabharata. In the pre-flood world of the Mahabharata, high technology was in use. Space, aircraft that resembled UFOs, and speculative fiction spaceships found in comics and movies. This means that this epic is older than 3800 B.C., 5500 B.C. Yeah, it actually predates Adam and Eve. If this date for the Mahabharata war is accurate, and if we are to believe that Nibiru, planet X, Nemesis, is true then said war occurred sometime after said planet, actually Nibiru is the sun's partner star that has its own planets, came into our solar system. Huh, okay. Well, this is where you got the uh, Sumerian epics involved. That's what the Sumerian epics are telling us. And, of course, the Anunnaki are the gods of Sumeria, who from, earth to, from heaven to earth fell. What I'm wondering about is this thing about Rama having been an avatar of Vishnu and Krishna later being an avatar of Vishnu also. Could it be that Satan was trying to counterfeit the three manifestations of God, the Father, the Son, being the image of the Father and the Holy Spirit, the infinite mind of God, omnipresent and omniscient? Satan, through Cain, coming up with the Hindu trinity of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva? Hmm, very interesting speculation. If you consider the name Abraham, you can see how it is reminiscent of Abraham's lineage going back to northern India and the Terran Basin. Abraham is similar to Brahma. The Aryans were the Brahmin scholars bringing enlightenment to India. Although I think the they did not have the word Brahma until uh, Abraham's sons went east. Continuing, then it can be said that the Aryans, after Noah's flood, went westward and took over the already present Sumerian civilization, becoming known as the Akkadians. These Aryans descended... Okay, so if this is the case, if what this author is saying is true, then what we have is the Sumerians 
being overwhelmed, possibly through a war, being overwhelmed and overcome by the Akkadians, the Aryans from India. These Aryans, descended from Noah's family, were starting over again as far as civilization was concerned. It may very well be that by Noah's time before the flood, the Sethites had declined in terms of their technology and in other ways as well. They no longer possessed advanced aircraft. They were getting around in horse-drawn chariots and wagons. Most likely the coming of Nibiru, about 3100 BC, caused such destruction that civilization collapsed once more. So now this, this uh, coming of Nibiru would have been around 800 years before Noah's flood, according to conventional reckoning. Earlier, the Kenites, sons of Cain, this guy sounds like his identity, also came along from Nod to the east to influence the Sumerians. We are told of seven ages or sages, Abgal, coming into Sumer from the east. These Abgal were created by Enki, anagram of Cain. Oh, that's clever. E-N-K-I, and if you substitute a, a K for K, C in Cain, K-A-I-N, you've got an anagram. Oyanus was the leader of the Abgal. He was supposed to have been a fish god. Oh, here we go with fish gods again. Dagon being another name for him. From Sirius, the, the star Dagon, or Dogon, being a part of the constellation Sirius. Oanus is another way of saying Enoch, son of Cain. Oh, oh, oh very interesting. The fish meme may be symbolic of how the Kenites, Cain and his son Enoch, were not overtaken by the flood. Yeah, they weren't, because they were still around after the flood. Manu, the Vedic corruption of Noah, was aided by a fish when a flood came upon northern India. No, it was, it was an ark, not a fish. <laughs> a metaphorical fish. This could be speaking of Nayama, daughter of Lamech, a son of Cain. Well, that's pure speculation here. Uh, Nayama was, uh, there was, I believe, uh, another Nayama who was a daughter of Lamech, but this would not have been Noah's wife, who may very well have been Ham's wife. Oh, okay. Huh. That's interesting. Ham appears to have a tendency, had a tendency for perversion. <laughs> Indeed. He lay with his mother, don't you know? Not only did he marry a Kenite woman, but he uncovered his father's nakedness, had sex with his father's wife. The offspring of said union was Canaan. Therefore, part of the Kenite line went through flood, through the flood, by way of Naama marrying Ham. Okay. That is more plausible because the Bible clearly says that no mamzers, only purebred, only purebred seed got aboard the ark. I believe that's in Genesis chapter 9. So, uh, all right, this is very interesting. Although the, the article is very speculative. There are very interesting points uh, raised here. Okay, so in other words, Ham, now that who was the son 
of this forbidden marriage? Was that Nimrod by any chance? I don't know if he speculates about that here. Thus the Aryans brought enlightenment to Mesopotamia and Egypt. They may have been adding on to earlier contributions by the Atlanteans. Thank you much. The Aryans, children of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, would raise the level of civilization to its highest levels, bringing about its greatest achievements. These Aryans, being the descendants of the last of the Anunnaki, Adam and Eve, well, I wouldn't call Adam and Eve Anunnaki. I think the, it was the Anunnaki who tried to, who wound up seducing Adam and Eve. Okay, so all of these uh, commentators from the ancient world, there's a lot of speculation going on here. And, uh, but nevertheless, the Anunnaki were there. The Sumerian legends tell us about them. And it was, in my opinion, it was one of these Anunnaki who seduced Adam and Eve. Plato pointed out that civilization is cyclical. It rises and it falls and it rises again. It could be that the flood of 5500 BC or the earlier flood that would have been around 11,500 BC that devastated the area of the Black Sea and by extension Sumeria, turning that lake into a sea that is connected to the Mediterranean, left the region in a pitiable state as far as culture and the other trappings of civilization are concerned. And about 3150 BC, a bolide or comet or asteroid struck the Mediterranean, leaving much devastation similar to the comet that exploded over Ireland in 562 AD, which severely affected much of Europe's weather for at least a decade. Then the Aryans, descendants of Noah, came along and raised it back up again, and even to a higher state of accomplishment. It may be that the peoples in the Mediterranean and the Middle East at this time were the children of Adamites who had migrated from the Terran Basin before the flood of Noah. That is a very, uh, I would say, plausible hypothesis there. That, of course, these Adamites, these Sethites, had spread uh, all over the territory and not just in the area where Noah's uh, you know, ark was being built. Okay, they were already in India, and as I suggested from the previous article, that they, Adam and Eve, had actually settled in Kashmir in India. Okay, so, comments here. Anonymous states. Okay, and this guy is obviously a uh, skeptic about the Aryan hypothesis. Aryan invasion is a popular myth advocated by West, simply putting Germans invented. British used it some points to prove this wrong. One, in all our Vedic scripture, there is no mention of any land outside of Indian subcontinent. The farthest west is Gandhar, is Gandhar today. Uh, well, I haven't read all the Vedic literature, but I don't think that's correct. Uh, and even if it is, it's probably because they settled there and stayed there. They, they weren't exploring. So that doesn't prove anything. Two, Rig Veda, the oldest of the oldest scripture, mentions a river called Saraswati. This was the main river on whose bank civilization like Mohanzodaro flourished. 
this river dried up some 4,000 BC, and this river valley civilization was destroyed. The advocates of area, well, uh, how does he know it was destroyed? If the river dried up, they had plenty of time to go elsewhere. The advocates of Aryan invasion says Aryans invaded Indian subcontinent in 1500 BC. That is correct, but that was only the Abrahamic invasion. The other Aryans were already there. They brought knowledge of the Vedas. No, the, the Vedas were already there. How come they knew about a river which dried up 2,500 years before they came? Okay. Well, somebody told them about it. As the previous author, Dr. P.R. Palodi, suggested that they, they became amalgamated. And he continues, on contrary, I believe some people from Indian subcontinent invaded, migrated to the West. Well, yeah, it was the Aryans. Notice the similarity between Brahma and Abraham. Not on this entire Greek mythology is similar. Or I think he means not only this. The entire Greek mythology is similar to Indian mythology. Yeah, because it's all Aryan. <laughs> the Veda mentions Indra as king of God with thunderbolts, Zeus. The great flood and survivor Manu, Noah, and all of us descended from Manu, German mythology, all our sons of Manu. No, that's, that's the mythology. The races were already here, and all the races survived the flood. So, Sun Saints replies, The Aryans were the descendants of Noah. Noah and his family settled in northwest India after the flood in the Terran Basin. They were white people. They established the Aryan civilization that was along the Sarasvati River. This happened before 1500 BC. I would say this happened uh, Cro-Magnon uh, after 11,500 BC. These Aryans became corrupt, so God dried up the Sarasvati. Thus the Aryans migrated westward, ending up in the plain of Shinar, Iraq. From there, Abraham was called out from the heathen society of the Akkadians slash Aryans. Abraham was the father of Isaac, who was the father of Jacob. From Jacob came the twelve tribes of Israel. And from Israel arose the Achaean Greeks. Enclosing the Aryans, Caucasians, are the descendants of Noah and his three sons. Okay, that's, uh, that's very good. It's a very good response to the skeptic. The only change I would make is that I would say that the Aryans, i.e. Adamites, uh, had settled this area from Seth on down. So they were there for thousands of years. An anonymous replies. Not all Aryans went to Shinar. Some of them stayed in India. Well, that's, yeah, I don't think anybody's disputing that or suggesting otherwise which are today Brahmin elite in India. Well, now, you have to have to understand that even today's upper class or upper caste in India has decidedly Aryan features in their bone structure and facial structure. The only difference between these modern Indians and uh, other Caucasians is they have much darker skin. That's the only difference. I mean, obvious difference. Uh, they are so highly intelligent. A lot of nuclear physicists <laughs> are Indians trained in the West and now even trained in India. So 
you don't get you don't get that kind of thinking from the darker races. So more than likely, it it's, could be an adaptation to darker skin to thousands of years of living in a hot climate like that, very sunny climate. Uh, or it could be that the you know their descendants of a darker skinned uh, Aryan, you know, sub or, or mixture of Aryan and others. Okay, and that's probably that's the most likely that there's a mixture, but that it's predominantly Aryan, and that's why they retain the Aryan skeletal features. So continuing, the these are the descendants of Yoktan Abiri or Habiri or Hebrew. Uh, okay, well Yoktan. Uh, Yoktan is uh, written as one of the descendants of Japheth, I believe. So he's mixing the Hebrews and Japhethites here. Abir, or biblical Eber, ancestor of Hebrew, had two sons, Peleg and Yoktan. Okay, he explains it here, Peleg and Yoktan. Gypsies also descended from this people, and they are descendants of Abir, Abraham, and Keturah. Uh, I, would, I doubt that. I think the gypsies, gypsies obviously are of mixed race. Keturah, she was a descendant from Veda Aryan clan from Yoktan. Now that's interesting. That is very interesting. So that may be why they were sent back to India, <laughs> because maybe that's where Keturah came from. But she was an Aryan. Even the even this uh, skeptic admits that she was an Aryan. So gypsies are also half Veda Aryans. Okay, so he says they're half-breeds. Well, the Aryan, they're Aryan and Aryan. No, there's, the gypsies are not Aryan. They're half-breeds. Midian, son of Anraham and Keturah, is the ancestor of all gypsies. I've never heard that before. So this guy, uh, he's coming up with off-the-wall stuff here. Sun Saints replies, You seem to know your history, your genealogy of the Aryans. I cannot refute what you've said, so good work. The more I look into this, yeah, I, I like this suggestion that Keturah was an Aryan from India. I like that. And it's certainly possible that the Indo-Aryans, who he, the author refers to as the Akkadians, were from India as well. And that's the people among whom Abraham and his family settled. These would be the Chaldean priests. The Chaldean priests. Now, interestingly, Chaldean and Hebrew are very closely related. So Chaldean appears to be the, uh, the, the Proto-Hebrew, but they're very similar, just as Aramaic is very similar to Hebrew also. So I think this guy's right about Keturah being an Indo-Aryan. So he continues in response. The more I look into this, the more I see that through the majority of, the, though the majority of the Aryans, Aryans, Noah's descendants in this sense, migrated westward, some of them most likely stayed behind in the Indus Valley and also along the Himalayas. It also appears that besides some of them, Yoktan's descendants, as you've pointed out, staying in India, some of them may have moved into Southeast Asia. 
for their influence in terms of Vedic names and words can be seen in the East as well as the West. Yeah, how about the Eddas? The Eddas of the Norse. Edda, Veda, Edda, Veda. And the runes of the Vikings being very, very similar to Proto-Hebrew, Paleo-Hebrew. So uh, there's a very uh, interesting discussion. Very interesting discussion here, uh, which uh, there's some, uh, some plausible stuff here. Okay, so I see we have about 15 minutes before uh, we get a caller. I think Daryl uh, McClanahan is calling it. If not, I'll just continue with the subject matter because I find this ancient history to be fascinating stuff. So this give and take between these two guys is very interesting. And uh, anybody who knows, who, who studied ancient languages, knows that the Paleo-Hebrew is really the source for all of the Norse runes and many other scripts, such as the Greek and others. They all derive from Paleo-Hebrew. Now, Paleo-Hebrew may be the same script as what the Akkadians used, It's hard to say. I don't know if, uh, if the Akkadian language has any extant you know, uh, script in stone because only this, only this type of uh, literature survived from that ancient past. And so the Bible uh, was written on parchment and other uh, substances, but it was recopied and recopied and recopied because uh, those materials don't last forever. So anonymous replies. Not all descent. Is this the same thing? No, he's just repeating himself. Not all descendants of Noah are Aryans. Oh, no. That, now with that, I totally disagree. Because Adam and Eve were Aryans. Seth and his wife were Aryans. They're all Aryans. And uh, I hope he doesn't suggest that all races descended from Noah and his wife. It's true, Naama, wife of Noah, was daughter of Cain. No, uh, she was not the wife of Noah. But she was born before angels fall. Very interesting. Naama was not carried any progeny from fallen angels. It was Ham's wife who carried progeny from Aryan Nephilim blood. So Anonymous keeps on mixing mixing uh, you know, non-Aryan blood with the Aryans. And so he, he needs to get his category straight. Oh, it was Lilith or Kali Sara or Ishtar daughter who carried progeny from Nephilim. She was mortal daughter of Lilith. Lilith is fallen angel Aza, who represents women power on the earth. Arabian tribe Katan claimed descent from Yoktan, son of Eber. Gypsies, Roma, not all gypsies can claim descent from Veda Aryans because Abraham was descended from Veda Aryans or Abiri or Apiru or Hebrew from Sarasvashti. That would be Sarah. Abraham was descended from Abir Peleg from Yadava clan, Sethite clan. Keturah was Kenite origin or Cain origin or Gutian Sumerian or Tokarian. Now the Tokarians are also Aryans. 
so uh so on the one hand he says Keturah was uh possibly from India now he says that she was from Cain now did Cain actually go that far or did he stay in Sumeria in Sumeria is where we find the blackheads the uh, people that look kind of like grays but your prototypical Jewish countenance with the bug eyes, the receding foreheads, and the big noses. They have statuettes of those people in ancient, from ancient Sumeria. Sunsates replies, your point, your point about Azazel being Lilith is interesting. I must say that Naama was a Kenite. A Kenite, by definition, is one who is a descendant of Cain. Now, Naama, this is the other Naama, not Noah's wife. Kali Sarah was Lilith? Ishtar was the daughter of Lilith? Also interesting. Now, okay, what this guy Anonymous is saying is very, very interesting, but what's your source? What's your source for this? As for Keturah, whatever her family background, I don't think she was a Kenite. More likely she was descendant of Yoktan. And that's a possibility too. But even if she was an, an Indo-Aryan, she, uh, she was able to marry Abraham and his offspring would have been considered Aryans as well. They would have been considered uh, Shemites. Because among Israelites and among our people, we reckon descent through the father, not through the mother, as the Ishtar crowd do. Okay? So, he says, Anonymous replies, Descendants of Yoktan were Akkadians or Gutians or Turanians or Tokarians. They are Aryans. Same people. Okay. Very good. I think we uh, already alluded to the fact that these Aryan Akkadians, these Aryans invaded Sumer uh, and were victorious. And so that, that is a transition from Sumer to Akkad. Again, the language of Sumer and Akkad would have been very similar, going all the way back to Eden. Eber or Hindu Abir, Married to pure Aryan or Kushat women, they formed Shemitic Aryan race. By the way, Kali Sara and Ishtar or Lilith is the same thing. It was her daughter who carried progeny to New World. <laughs> so not all are descendants of Aryan. Aryan meaning half Cain and half angel. Aryum, he spells it A-R-Y-U-M. Aryum means half Cain and half angel. Well, that's, that's Cain. Cain's father was Nakash, a fallen angel. So I don't know what his source is. It sounds like he's got some kind of East Indian source from which he's saying these things, but he's not revealing what, it's, what, what it is. Anyway, this other Naama, he says, was pure Cain. She was before, born before the angels fell. Again, that doesn't, you know, maybe she was born before the angels fell, 
but then she can't be a Kenite because Cain was born after the these previous angels fell. Okay, we're not talking about the Genesis 6 angels. We're talking about the angels of whom Nachash was a member. Okay, so anyway, uh, this is, uh, it's very, uh, you know, confused uh, discussion here. But nevertheless, uh, this guy Anonymous brings up some very interesting points worth considering. Okay, let's continue. Oh, he's got some really long uh, references here. I'm not going to bother with these. Uh, okay. On August 11, 2013, he states, If I if I said Abu Hebrew by Yoktan or Kenite or Akkadian or Turanian or Takarian or Scythic or Sumerian, I'm actually talking about the same people. All these people were original. Uh, okay. But not the Kenites. The Kenites are obviously the descendants of Cain. So, Sun Saints replies, Well, they all go back to Adam and Eve and the serpent Satan. The Kenites are, were the descendants of Cain, who was the offspring of Satan and Eve. Okay, this guy definitely is Christian identity, two-seed lighter. The Akkadian Aryans were the descendants of Noah who was of the bloodline of Adam and Eve. Okay, that is correct. That statement is 100% correct. So this guy, Anonymous, tends to confuse bloodlines and, and tends to confuse uh, the chronologies. Oh, and then he denies. <laughs> there is no such thing of offspring of Satan and Eve. Oh, okay. So he doesn't know the Bible. All right. So, uh, so obviously, anonymous is starting from the wrong, uh, the wrong uh, premises. So, uh, yeah, when you get that wrong, if you don't understand that Nahash was a uh, a fallen angel who fell before the Genesis six fall, if you don't understand that then you don't understand two seed lines. So this guy is uh, anonymous, is obviously an anti-two seed liner. Okay, so let me uh, let me continue with this. Let's see what his take is on Satan and Eve. Kenites were a tribe of Akkadian. They were Joktanat Hebrew, in fact. No, that's, that's incorrect. There's also a possibility he's mistaking the... There's also the word Kenite in Hebrew also means metal worker. And I forget which, I'd have to go to Genesis chapter 4 to find out which, uh, which tribe of Kenites, which tribe of Cain, which, which group of the descendants of Cain were the metal workers. So let me go there. He's probably making this confusion. If you don't know the uh, Hebrew words, well, then uh, you can get this confused. Okay. So, uh, okay, in the second half of Genesis chapter 4, the descendants of Cain are given. Okay. And uh, let's go there because this is, uh, this is pertinent. Verse 17, And Cain knew his wife, 
Lilith? <laughs> Lilith? Just speculating here. But if Lilith was his wife, that sheds a whole new light on Sumer, which many archaeologists claim is the civilization that Cain built. And she conceived and bare Enoch, not the good Enoch, the bad Enoch, not the Enoch of Seth, but the Enoch of Cain. And he builded a city. Now, as we've been saying, these people were already here. These were the survivors of the, the pre-Genesis 1 catastrophe of 11,500 B.C. And so here we see civilization is coming back into being, but the first city that the, at least the Bible mentions is the one built by Cain. I'm convinced, however, that the, there were still remnant cities in, uh, in India, in Kashmir and uh, other areas of India where the Indo-Aryans had lived probably for millennia, even before Genesis 1. Okay. But this, if his wife was Lilith, that would make a whole lot of sense. Just speculating, very interesting speculation. And and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Now, it's another interesting fact that Mexico City, the original name of Mexico City is Tenochtitlan, which means City of Enoch. How far east <laughs> did Cain go? <laughs> and, you know, who knows how long he lived? And how, how much did Enoch travel? Did Enoch travel around the world and found what we know today as Mexico City? Another interesting speculation. Verse 18. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mehajel, and Mehujael begat Methuselah, not Methuselah, Methuselah. And, and so they're taking the name with the suffix El, Elohim, fallen angels. Mehujael and Methuselah. And Methuselah begat Lamech. So, very interesting speculation among these two authors that uh, deserves further study. However, uh, we have Daryl calling in. And uh, hello, Daryl, you're with us. Yes, good evening. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got off on a wild tangent uh, speculating who uh, Kane's wife was. <laughs> Very interesting stuff from the uh, you know, Indus, the, from the Indus Valley and Indian civilization. Well, wasn't she wasn't wasn't she one of the uh, the not men? Adam is made in God's image, and as right. I understand it, there were other men. And, right. And uh, yeah, and yeah. so it would have been. You're speaking because of Lilith. Cain is, uh, is not, not the seed of Adam. Right. Yeah. You're speaking of Lilith when you say she, right? Is that who you're... Well, I don't, I don't okay. know. I'm not that well... Yeah. Stu- and I know there are many myths, and, and yeah. I, I only know what the Bible 
Right. Okay. Bible so doesn't it, tell it to. So yeah, beyond you're my, just talking about Cain's wife. My okay. understanding. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just want, want to know who, who you meant by she. <laughs> so Cain's wife. Right. Okay. Oh, oh yes. Can't Cain's wife. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And uh-huh. uh, she could have been an Aryan. She could have been an Adamite. But the point is that there were other people on the earth at that time, not just those the three people, Adam, uh, Eve, and, and, uh, and, and well, whoever the, the Judeo-Christians believe, uh, you know, uh, existed at, at that time, would only have been Adam and Eve and Cain. They believe only those three people uh, lived at that time. So the question is, where did Cain get his wife? And they have to speculate about that. And uh, other wor- in other words, Cain would have had to marry a daughter of Adam and Eve. That's the only possibility that I can see. But from that point on, no, he yeah. yeah, he married somebody else. <laughs> right. There were there were other men. They were they were men, and these are the yeah. people that don't that aren't part of the covenant of of uh, Abraham, of right. Isaac, and Jacob. They're, they were the the, yes. the, the other creator, the other creations, and and so many. You know, uh, the Legal Defense Fund. This will will segue into the the yeah. American Legal Defense Fund, and I'm I'm a board member of now. I'm very blessed. I was asked by uh, Amen. Attorney Amen. William Johnson. He he wrote the the Pace Doctrine, and uh, they want to advocate. They have a heart for this uh, this half. Latin woman that was uh, Amber that shot this black man in his house. The black guy was eating ice cream, and, and she came in. She'd been working 12 hours. She just She's distracted with uh, texting sexual messages with uh, a married man who she's uh, consorting with, and this all came out in the trial, and they blonded her hair because they wanted uh, to make her look like a white woman, so it's a white, evil <laughs> white cop that shot For a television? black man. Okay, and, and and we have a heart for the others that are not part of the covenant. We don't want to destroy them, and and uh, but they're separate from us. Right. And well, uh, let them destroy each other. <laughs> right. Okay. Well. Well, they, so, they are. Yeah. Well. Okay. So now, what is her? What is her actual ancestry? So she's being depicted in the press as being pure white. She's a, a Texas she's woman. She's not. She's half. She's half Latino and half white. Okay. So like Zimmerman, like uh, like Mr. Like Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Just like Zim- Zimmerman uh-huh. was portrayed as a white man that killed a, a poor black kid that was on his way to doctor school. Yeah. And uh, we know this this kid had him down on the ground, bashing his head into the concrete. Yeah. And, Okay, so so well, she might she may have blonded her hair on her own, <laughs> right? Uh, but uh, I hadn't heard this before. Since I've been away at Feast of Tabernacles, I haven't been ca- caught up to all of this news. I heard about this shooting, and somebody told me that she was texting that she was having an affair with another man. And when you got all this going on in your life, and you now, how did she manage to barge in? On the wrong apartment. How did that happen? Do you know? I followed it. I followed it not super closely, but now a witness for the state has been killed, and he was a drug dealer, a guy that oh. actually witnessed it. But she had been on a 12-hour shift, which they fired her immediately, and 
and uh, Dallas police, I think, are very afraid of being sued in a civil suit. She had been working 12, I think, 12 on, 12 off. Right. Uh, maybe you work four days, you get three days off. And, and uh, so she w- was definitely frazzled from working. She lived in this huge apartment complex. I don't know how many. I think they said there's four, three or 4,000 units, two or wow. 3,000 units. So it's a, huge, it's a huge apartment complex she lived in. And right. there's multiple layers, three and four. Uh, level parking lots, you know, maybe on a hillside or something, and she right. came in there tired while she's texting on her phone. Uh-huh. And, uh, Jeez. And was and so all of these are cut, uh, cut, uh, uh, cookie cutter looking apartments, and so she parked on three, but she lived on four. She walked up. The door was ajar. She went in. And there's this black guy sitting there eating ice cream, and and, <laughs> and uh, William Johnson okay. was discussing uh, this week that uh, women uh, are weaker vessels than men, and they put them in these positions. And the, and a woman is not going to be able to negotiate with a fight. A woman police officer out there, she's going to. Uh, go right to her weapon to defend herself, and she's trained to defend herself. So she right. immediately With the went to her weapon and shot. Yeah. And she, right. And, and she, was, she was in fear and shot the guy. And I okay. think it was a tragic accident. I don't think yeah, there was I any agree. intent to. Yeah. It was I a totally tragic agree. accident. I mean, and a lot of people I know are riding on Stormfront. Don Black, he, he said that he, he thought it was a tragic accident as well. And there's people riding on Stormfront, just another good, another yeah. dead nigger. I right. Mean, yeah, and shame on people for saying that. And when people, when they're acting like criminals and they're acting like savages, they they deserve that label. Right. But when something tragic like this happens, you know, let God sort them out, and uh, we need to have fair and equal justice because it's going to happen to a white man. Right. And and it oh, did for happen. Sure. There was another case. Yeah. With, with a woman officer went to serve a warrant, and she shot a young white boy that answered the door holding his game controller and he was a boy uh, scout and she shot him dead. Wow. And, and the grand jury in that case did not charge her. Mm-hmm. And there really should be some accountability because here again, we have a woman, this was in Georgia, this case, I don't know their names. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Uh, was a case in Georgia. Uh, there was a warrant for a family member in the household, not the young boy that answered the door. She knocked on the door. He answered the door and had a, a game player in his hand. She mistaked, she mistook it, mistaked for a it gun. for a, uh, yeah, a weapon. weapon, and she shot the she shot the seventeen year old boy dead. Wow. And, and a jury, a grand jury of no doubt white rural people, uh, didn't find any charges. And I certainly think it should have been a a manslaughter. It mm-hmm. should be there should be some kind of consequence for a young. I'm Boy Scout. I don't agree with the Boy Scouts anymore. I was in the Boy Scouts when I was a little or whatever, but he's a young man. He had his whole life in front of him, and she's made a, a terrible mistake. But yet, and she was the person that just left the coffee shop or the donut shop and went down to serve this warrant, and she wasn't sexting on the phone and didn't have all, she hadn't worked a 12-hour shift. She's in a country area, so she... Uh, you know, I don't think she gets a break that the other girl, right. the other girl gets a little break, you know, that, that she, uh, went right. out, you know, she came home to, to her house, that she thought it was her house. And I guess on the 911 call, she called she repeatedly saying, oh. I thought it was my house. I thought it was my house. 
And right. After she shot him, she starts realizing, hey, I'm in the wrong house. But the other oh. lady, uh, the kid answers the door. He's got a game control. It was his house. And, no no and, mistake uh, about that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so we've got to call for accountability with law enforcement right. and accountability in our courts. And uh, the American Legal Defense Fund, we've, uh, we've got a new guy. In the, the the group, and his name is Charles Edward Lincoln III, and I'm just learning about him. I've talked with him several times. He said that I could say he's on there. Uh, we have another young man that's joined. It's a, like a, a white nationalist guy that's a Charlottesville veteran, and he, he's going to stay private because he has a family and everything, but uh, Charles is a public figure, and uh, he's going to... Uh, like help with intake of people that have a story and we're going to do some stuff to the website. We're going to try to put some links on the website of, of injustices to people, a link to your Jubilee, a link to the fully informed jury association. Uh, whenever I begin speaking, I think you're going to try to help me work on being able to be heard a little more. Uh, uh-huh. We're going to talk about people knowing their rights and uh, everyone's going to try to give me uh, input to, uh, to be encouraging to, to to hold the courts accountable because uh, we look at what they're doing to Corbin, Jack Corbin, with using the term diversity of tactics. He can say that, but yet Antifa says that, and they, they take action. When those people make threats, they're throwing their, uh, their milkshakes, their cement milkshakes at people, and uh, they're just doing horrible Horrible things, but yet if you uh, – these are public figures. This, this Jack Corbin, the person that he was uh, so supposedly targeting, uh, was a guy that was running for – that he had said he was going to run for office, but he wasn't going to run for office because he got doxxed. And public figures, it's well known if you're a public figure, we can call you names. We can hold you accountable. I recently called a county commissioner just this week, and, and – uh, he said, oh, you're the guy that records the phone calls. You better not record me. I'll send it to the prosecutor. And I was like, you have been hired to represent the people of Ozark County, Missouri, and I have every right to record you. And, uh-huh. and, and, and then after we're done, uh, he was very rude to me. After we're done, I, I emailed him the recording of our call, and I emailed him the recording of me calling the Missouri Highway Patrol. And so many times, these little town tyrants and uh, – little cliques, little country clubs of police and county courts, and it goes on, this uh, nepotism of, of even in our federal courts and, and our uh, U.S. Justice Department. Uh, but are they, are they going, I know Patrick Little, he was running in California, and they deplatformed him all over the place. I don't agree with everything he said. I don't think we could throw every Jew out of the country if he became president. I think we could send them... Uh, make Israel great again. Everybody, yeah. send all the Jews like to Israel, right? <laughs> let's, let's make Israel great again. Send them all. To yes, Israel. yeah. We Israel. Let's right. de-platform him, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to have a, a, a free speech in this country, and and we certainly don't want to call for violence or anything. But if if we have a differing opinion, we should not be persecuted for it. Uh, Schaefer Cox, he's in uh, Oklahoma holding deal, and I think he's on the move. Uh, they're de him around. They're taking him up to uh, Seattle 
for resentencing, and I would just ask that everyone pray for Schaefer Cox, that uh, when he's resentenced, okay. he's scheduled to be resentenced uh, November 5th. Uh, I, 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 we're praying that he gets time served and he gets out of there. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not really part of the year of Jubilee, the prison ministry anymore, because there are people there that don't agree with my white nationalist views. And right. so here we have people that say they will defend your free speech and for Christians, but, Oh, Daryl, you, yeah, you, you crossed the line. Cross uh, writing or, yeah. or do you think yeah. that, that whites are God's, Chosen people. So we can't have <laughs> right. it, and it's and it's hurt my feelings a lot. But I'm still going to advocate for the prisoners. I'm going to get past right. it. Uh, I I have this new group I'm part of, and uh, everybody send Pastor Eli a, a email if you want to hear me more. And uh, I, I hope that you could have me. And and uh, there was sure. a story I wanted to tell you about here before we run out of time with this gentleman. I had it on. I have it on my VK page. I'm, I'm yammering on here. He was a gentleman that a uh, guy broke into the hotel room and tried to rape his daughter, and he shot and killed the black guy. Okay. So he had a go. He had a GoFundMe, and the people with the GoFundMe raised two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And GoFundMe has said. Uh, we'll let you have them. We're keeping the money, but you have to sign a promissory note that you won't use it for your legal defense. <laughs> oh, here, here's the story. Here, I got it here. Wow. Uh, go, I got the story here. Okay. It's on the Daily Mail. It says, GoFundMe pulls UPS banker Scott Hepgood's 250000 legal fund uh, manslaughter uh, man trial in Angola. I think that's where it is. Okay. Uh, after supporters of the Black Hotel handyman who died uh, in a, in a room, they're they're saying it's because he has white privilege, and uh, they they've taken other people's money, and this money was donated specifically to help this 44 year old guy. They yeah. want him to sign a declaration under threat and perjury that the two hundred thousand dollar donation will not be used to pay for, for his legal defense. Right. Crazy. Absolutely outrageous. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely yeah, well, outrageous. That, uh, well, yeah. Well, know, white farmers uh, are being systematically exterminated in South Africa and probably in Angola too. <laughs> right. So, but uh, yeah. they're able to defend themselves in Angola. Okay. Uh, now, uh, this cop, uh, do you recall her? What's her name? The uh, Texas cop lady who uh, oh my shot gosh, the black her guy? Name is... But was she also. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was she also on, you know, mind-altering drugs? Because that was the case. For no, the cop, she. The ch- that was the case for with cops. Jeffrey Winehouse. Oh, Winehouse, yeah, right. That cop yeah. was, uh, you know, not performing at the height, <laughs> at normal, you know, in, in a normal fashion, right? So now I can understand this woman, you know, coming off a twelve-hour shift. And she's distracted. She's texting. And uh, was she having an affair with a married man? Yes. Oh, okay. It was a married man. And so you could see that she's all distracted, uh, pushes the door open, and assuming that she's in her own apartment and sees a black guy watching TV, was he having ice cream and and, uh, and popcorn or something? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, she, she, she just kind of snapped. Right? No, not, not. It was Amber. Yeah. I'm going to find it here. Yeah, Amber something. It. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, uh, yeah. Now it's it's interesting because in Chicago, about seven or eight years ago, a black lady cop shot a white woman dead. Uh, the black lady cop. Amber Geyer. Amber Geyer. Okay, this black lady cop shot a white woman dead. The the reason she shot was because the white woman had pulled something out of her purse which she assumed to be a gun, but was in fact a mirror. But because this thing shone like a possible gun, she just shot and killed the woman dead. Very little coverage of this incident. It hit the local news, but no national coverage of that incident whatsoever because the shooter was black and the victim was white. Now, here we see another instance where the shooter is not quite white. <laughs> she, she, she is mixed. But she's being portrayed she's as white enough. Yeah, white enough to be portrayed as white, right? And therefore, it's white privilege. And therefore, she gets the book thrown at her. Whereas a black woman in Chicago, that ta- that case just quietly went away. That's justice today, folks. Back to you. Uh, th- th- so many times the law enforcement don't want people recording with their cell phone. They say, oh, it looks like a gun. We're in fear of yeah. our life. Oh. can't record. And, oh, that's a good and excuse. The accountability. Yeah. Je- Jeffrey Winehouse, uh, the shooting of Jeffrey Winehouse, I-, I think the Missouri public defenders are working on it, and they're going to get to Oh yeah. Uh, I think some- somehow appeal uh-huh. the, findings, the findings of the appeal she lost. When Jeffrey was sentenced to 30 years in prison, he got his first appeal. He had a public defender. She wrote up a appeal in his case and asked specific questions about uh, the physical uh, yeah. duty fitness of what are they, Henry what are the cops? Right. and yeah. had questions, and the questions were denied, and the appeal was refused. So I think mm-hmm. they're going to be able to say now that exculpatory yeah. evidence was kept out, and right. uh, they're going to get back there in front of a, a court, and Jeffrey's no, going to okay. be exonerated. Yeah. And, uh, that's good. That's, that's excellent. Yeah. Now, wasn't Folsom uh, uh, fired shortly after that? From uh, the they kept department. him on for two years till they railroaded Jeffrey that they kept it hush hush. Oh wow! On, on their oath, one of the questions were, "Were you fit for duty when you shot Jeffrey?" Oh yes. No. Were, were you on any <laughs> drugs? No, I wasn't. And he was on the SRI inhibitors. And uh-huh. you know, I've been attacked for advocating for Jeffrey because he may have once when he was young, was raised Jewish, but he became a Christian. And then on this show with you, we advocated for Anthony Troy Williams, and I brought that case Mm -hmm. to Charles Edward Lincoln. And Charles Edward Lincoln has helped people in the... You read some... You're going to find a bunch of hateful stuff about him. He was disbarred, and he can still act as a paralegal, and he can also give people legal... uh, Mm -hmm. 
advice. ideas. It's, he can't give like legal advice, but it's just like Daryl yeah. telling you, hey, right. I wouldn't do this or I wouldn't do that. You can take it or leave it, and you right. should not construe anything that I have to say as legal advice, but certainly we can have a discussion about it. And he, he's, he told me he's going to look into Anthony Troy Williams, who has been in jail since 2014 without due process because right. he's fighting the Jewish bankers with their, their, their phony uh, mortgage stuff. And uh, we're, if we're under this Constitution, we're not going to allow that. We're going we're gonna to make complaints. We're going to get on the yeah. radio. We're going to say this is wrong. Uh, we want uh, jurors, if it goes to juries, we want juries to be fully informed so they can say, hey, uh, th- this is wrong what they're doing to these people. Uh, the yeah. you know go all the way back to Gordon Kaw telling people that the income tax is part of the communist manifesto and That's he right. wanted to hold he didn't want to pay his money to abort babies he didn't want to pay to abort black babies yeah. or white babies or any babies he's like I'm not giving you no money uh, and he specifically said I'm not giving money to the synagogue of Satan right so very good a book yeah there's a book I'm trying to get through it's called the the racist right. And uh, everybody's in there about Christian identity, you know. And, right. and uh, uh, Gordon, call, they claim he was Christian identity, and I don't believe he yeah. was. I don't he, think he I've hung out with a lot of CI people, though. Think, yeah, go ahead. What's that? He hung out with a lot of CI people, so, uh, you know. Yes. Yeah, okay. That, that's our religion is our business. I mean, you're, you're on the radio for Christian identity, you and, and, uh, Oh, many, everybody, yeah. Hitchcock and and everything, but that doesn't mean that everyone that listens to you, just because you, we listen to your show, and and that doesn't mean that if something happens, oh, he's with that crowd, and, and yeah, he's guilty right. by association, and we'll demonize this whole group of people because one right. person did something once, or they have an agenda well, to... Yeah, uh, actually, what was... Yeah. There was an anti-tax movement that uh, was questioning the legitimacy of the IRS and it was being mingled together with constitutionalism and some Christian identity and white nationalism, all that stuff being mixed together, kind of like what's happening again. You know, there's a strong constitutional, uh, constitutional sovereignty movement going on again, right? But they're not out there uh, in, you know, how should I put it, uh, agitating the people, except for these people, uh, like was Anthony Troy Williams is his name, the the black guy. Yeah, and okay. Elaine Brown and Elaine Brown. And, and Elaine Brown, yeah. yeah, they're behind bars simply because they are tax protesters, right? So, uh, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I I never got a chance to uh, give my rationale on previous shows of why you know it's not like we're. We're advocating that Anthony Troy Williams become part of the covenant people. Uh, The best metaphor I can use is if there's a black person around who's helping anybody, white people, black people, it doesn't matter. He's helping them fight the beast, okay? We can learn from what he's doing, okay? But the main thing is that, uh, let's say you are in a fatal or near-fatal accident and you're laying by the side of the road, and your leg is bleeding, and you need a tourniquet on your leg so you won't bleed to death. 
well, would you refuse help from a black guy who said, oh, I can, I can tie that tourniquet for you. Would you refuse help from a black guy just because he's black? And would you rather die? That's literally this case with Anthony Troy Woods. He's many helping veterans. Many veterans say we all bleed red. We all do bleed red, and I mean yeah. uh, Christian niggers are better than savage Wigger, Wiggers, right? <laughs> and and, and uh, I mean, you know, and and there's a different covenant. I think they have a spirit. I don't think they're soulless. I think there's two seed lines, and yeah. and you will be attacked for that. I'm attacked That's right. for that, and. And I've believed that for a very long time. I've known yeah. that truth yeah. in my heart very long. I would say probably 20 years I've known about. Right. Yeah, uh, so I just, I just wanted to clarify issue. that uh, I'm not advocating for race mixing when I say, you know, that no. Anthony Troy Williams is doing good work. All right. He's doing good work. Uh, I want to bring up Period. a guy in the uh, American Legal Defense Fund. He's Augustus okay. Evictus, and 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 Augustus Evictus is a pagan. And I very okay. much, and I've actually wrote a, a, oh. a text on his YouTube. Oh, channel. I know that guy. I, I I recently met him. Uh, okay, go ahead. And he's he's a fine young gentleman, and I would say we could pray that he would come to to Christ. But he knows uh, our religion is our own business. I've agreed to set that aside. He sets that aside. I think he's very professional as a young man to set yeah. that aside. And he has been attacked when he was running for Senate. They said a lot of mean things about him. You can find it on the internet. But sure. he is out there advocating for for white, and people have attacked him because he has some children from a previous relationship that are not all white. Now he has okay. new children that are all, this is a little, I think this is all public knowledge though, so I'm not saying anything yeah. out of line. And I think it's absolutely wrong to attack him because if we had an ethno state, we would say that's yeah. wrong and don't yeah. do that anymore. And well, it wouldn't be happening. Isn't going to do that. Yeah. If we had an ethno okay. state, it wouldn't be happening at all. Right. So, you know, it's the fact no, that the Jews have be, created this. We, but yeah. we wouldn't, we wouldn't, call to kick anyone out we wouldn't say oh those they're yeah. not part of the 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 group i mean if they're they look white and they can participate and we wouldn't there would have to be some rules uh you know but we would we would discourage it it would be yeah. oh, it would be okay to discourage it and and it was a mistake i think it's a mistake he sees and i, I could be attacked i have a ex-wife and her uh, mother was part Indian, and her uh -huh. father was white, and her mother was part Indian and white. And yeah. so I have a couple older children that no doubt have some American Indian heritage in there. Right. Now, now my new wife is Louisiana heritage, and it's uh, oh, wow. French yeah. and German, and, and I'm Irish, and so my, my, my new young children. Right. Uh, and actually, that's something I was going to announce is that uh, I, I have – uh, going to be having another one. Oh, uh, making white congrats. babies. So congratulations! Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah, well, you. okay. I, uh, I didn't realize we only have a couple, and, and yeah. we we can't attack people for that. Well, yeah, because a lot of people come to the knowledge after they've made that mistake, and uh, you know we can't fault them for that. All right, uh, but if they t turn around and, and do it right, uh, you know, we, and then we should encourage them for that. Okay. And say, it's well, just no. like knowing God. If we know right, the truth, right. if we know the truth about God, and we get right. it in our ignorance, 
Right, uh, but Ezra and Nehemiah mm-hmm. cover that. You know, the uh, you know the uh, priest had to put the uh, the uh, foreign women out of the household. Okay, uh, it, it doesn't talk about whether they had to support them, uh, which is another question. They probably did. You know, uh, but even when uh, uh, Abraham cast out Hagar and Ishmael, uh, he gave them some food and water, <laughs> right? But he hey, gave them some food and water. Yeah, but here uh, we only have a minute left. All right, the, this half hour just flew by like lightning. So uh, thanks for it coming on again, Daryl. I appreciate you. Yeah, right. So and if you yeah. want to support the American Legal Defense Fund, uh, we're not going to keep anybody's money. If you want to help Jack Corbin yeah. or uh, you want us to put money on J- uh, Jacob Goodwin's uh, commissary or uh, you want it to go to helping the new Internet website, yeah. uh, just write a note on there. And that's where your money's going to go when you help the American Legal Defense Fund. American Legal Defense Fund. Is that the, What's the name of the website? Is that it? American Legal that's Defense it. Fund? American Legal Defense Fund. Dot com. And uh, yes, and Augustus yeah. uh, Evictus is the main attorney now, and I'm uh-huh. trying to set a goal that we would like to have an attorney in yeah. every state that wants to help people well, that that's, are fighting the. That's BC fantastic. Defense. So we'll help anybody. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. All right, well, thanks for your report, and yeah, we can talk more about Augustus and Victor next time, because it turns out I do know him. He's a good <laughs> okay. guy. Yeah. He's okay. A good guy, I All believe. right. All right, brother. Take care. All right, folks, thanks for listening. That's today's Restoration Hour, and we'll be back next week with another report from yours truly and Daryl McClanahan. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh and pass ammunition. Goodbye.